0: Hi, this is Sylvia Weinstock and you're listening to the Wedding Podcast Network.
1: And welcome to Meet the Masters, only on Wedding Podcast Network. This is a special edition of Meet the Masters, where we cover the Experience 2008 Conference of NACE, which is the National Association of Catering Executives. I'm Robert Allen.
0: I'm Holly Ehrlich,
1: and we are so happy to be with you today to share with you all of the great information that we gathered at this fabulous conference, which took place in Philadelphia.
0: And they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. But why would we cover NACE for brides and grooms and for other wedding professionals? The main reason is because they are the premier provider of industry-specific education, which means they talked about the latest in menu design, presentation, and decor. And what we love about this profession is that this is where we're inspired with new and creative and fun ideas, right? Robert, fresh approaches, right. new trends, perfect centerpieces, fabulous entertainment. Catering is so much more than food.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think it's, it's so important. And we've talked about this many times uh, on, on previous shows about how we feel about education in the wedding industry and it's you never just learn how to do weddings it's a learning process you're always learning you're learning new techniques um trends and and conferences like this are where it all happens where it where it it blossoms where it it, it's uh, discovered things are discovered and and shared and you know, it is an industry-only event, and you know not anyone could just get in. and And we have access to events like this, and we think it's it's vitally important that we report on them for our listeners, so that you can hear firsthand, uh, you know, all of the exciting. Well, new the things professionals
0: going on. that couples are hiring today, right, are working together, right, to create a fantastic a event. Right. So these the people that we met all come together to hopefully create. The best of the best party for you, exactly right. And they had such a terrific schedule of events from beginning to end. And right. quite frankly, it all started at the opening reception at the Reading Terminal Market in Philadelphia,
1: right? Which is a uh, uh, a food emporium, really. Uh, it's um, a we've historic. We've been there, we've been there before, but
0: it was closed off for a private party right. for just the attendees. And,
1: and it's in its. Um just kind of almost this flea market of food in a right. sense. It's different booths. It's a very it's open different uh, kiosks with different,
0: different cuisines.
1: Yeah, I mean anything you can imagine from from Amish. You know they're uh, selling their 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 food and their cheeses and, well, and everything. You know, the day.
0: There was of course Philly cheesesteaks. Cheese that cheese was steaks. my favorite. A couple of
1: different. We were able to taste test. Right. Um, there
0: was some Thai. There was some. Yeah, different
1: uh, Asian food. There was Greek food. There was uh, Italian, Italian
0: food. food. There was every kind of food. But Desserts. you know what I also, what, I mean, another reason I think they came back to Philadelphia is that they also had everybody, any of the um, members from Philadelphia right. helped pull this whole event together. Well, exactly. I,
1: I, you know, the way a lot of national organizations work is that when, you know, when you bring a national conference into a city, uh, the chapter in that city becomes kind of the host Chapter
0: and the Nace Philadelphia chapter was founded in 1960, and it made the association a national organization. So that's why they came back to their roots, right. To do that. One
1: of the uh, one of the first people that we got a chance to speak to because we kind of wanted to set the stage and and get a feel for you know why from the the members' side of this uh, education uh, is important and uh, and how that plays into a uh, a. Event professionals' life, uh, so we had a chance to to sit down with uh, past president of NACE from 1998. I mean, he's yeah, from 1998 to
0: 2004.
1: 2004 uh, Jerry Edwards uh, sat down and and uh, and spoke with us.
2: Well, I think it's really important that you look for a caterer or a professional in the event industry that has done his homework. He strives or she strives to become better by going out to conferences going out after hours and working with other professionals to see what they're doing, learn cutting-edge information, study. We have a certification program in NACE, and it's called the CPCE, which is a Certified Professional Catering Executive. That's a really important certification. It's a very difficult test to take. You must qualify to sit for the test in the first place, which by showing that you have years of experience and understanding of the industry, then taking the test. There's a lot of studying that goes on. You learn about the entire industry. You don't just learn about what you do for a living. Therefore, it makes you a much more valuable person to those people who are coming to you looking for information and ideas. And today's bride, today's groom, they're so savvy. They're so wonderful and full of great ideas. They've seen things on TV. They've heard about things. The magazines are amazing out there. When they look at those things... You can say, sure, I'll do that picture, but if you really don't know how to execute that picture, you really aren't going to be successful. But if you've taken the time and the effort and really put have the desire to learn more about the industry and go to conferences, uh, go to we go to local meetings here at NACE every month. There's a meeting. It's all always filled with education. If you're doing those kind of things, you're going to be the right individual to take care of those brides and grooms and make sure that they're really, really helped. And, you know, you bring up an interesting
1: point about the importance of, of networking, of having people that you can turn to. Because, you know, as event professionals, you can't know everything. But if you have mm-hmm. that right circle of, of resources, there's someone there that does know.
2: That's very true. And that's a very good observation on your part. Because I'll tell you that me in the industry when I was a young man. I'm not any longer, but when I was a young man, and I just got into this industry, I didn't know how to do what I was supposed to be doing for my clients. And by meeting different vendors, not only do you learn what they do, and you find out who the better vendors are, who you can be very comfortable with recommending, you also find out new ideas, and you know, they'll also tell you who else are good vendors. And it's a very good network, and usually you get high quality people that way.
1: When you're working with clients who, uh, in a lot of cases, are planning you know, once-in-a-lifetime events, it's important to have people who know what they're doing on your side.
2: You know, one thing I tell my staff all the time, and they get tired of hearing this, but we only get one chance to make their special day right. You know, if I'm a mechanic and I don't fix the car, bring it back, I'll fix it right the next time. You only get one chance to do a wedding right, and it's so important. That little, that girl, when she was four years old, was dreaming of this day, and it's so important you get it right. You listen to that person, you find out exactly what they want and you have to deliver and it's not easy.
1: Great. Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your
2: expertise. My pleasure. Thank you.
0: And then we started going to the presentations and the first right, keynote, keynote was Walter Scheib, Dory's from the White House Chef. Yeah. And I have to say
1: It was a great presentation.
0: It it was better than great and and he does have a book out and we'll have a link to the book because I'm sure that the book definitely highlights a lot of what he told us but He talked about great, he said great cooking and great dining is how flavorful the food is. And then he talked about what is American cuisine? He says it's seasonal, regional, and ethnic. He was one of over 4,000 applicants that got the job. There were 20 interviews, 10 cooks. It was a a high-profile audition to, to get this job. What Hillary wanted to do, and, Hillary, I, and I love Clinton. Hillary Clinton, right? You would think she's my personal friend. She wanted to bring what was best about food, wine, and entertaining in America to the White House. And I think together with Walter Scheib, that's what she did.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's uh, hear our little, uh, our little piece with Chef Walter Scheib. Okay, I'm joined now by Chef Walter Scheib, who was the executive chef at a little place on Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., called the White House, for 11
3: years and two presidents. Is that right? That's correct. That's from 1994 to 2005, so that's seven years with the Clintons and four years with the W. Bushes. And we were in on your terrific keynote
1: presentation this morning, loved hearing all the stories, And I want to do a little bit of fantasy with you for just a moment. You didn't have the opportunity to plan a White House wedding, but have planned dozens of weddings for for couples over your career. Tell our listeners what might have been your fantasy menu and how you would have gone about planning a White House wedding.
3: Well, I think clearly that a wedding is a lot more than obviously just the menu. So I think that clearly to have such a beautiful and traditional place as the White House, really America's home, I think that would be highlighted. The bride and the, and the house would have to kind of take equal billing on that particular day. I think that's why a lot of brides don't get married at the White House because it really sort of overpowers their day a little bit. Uh, in terms of the food, uh, White House is not a hotel or a restaurant, it's a private home. So obviously the mother of the bride or the bride herself would have tremendous input. It would be a very personal meal, I can tell you that much. Now, you know, when you talk about that, you know,
1: you, you, you mentioned, you know, we were just talking about before we went on that uh, Jenna Bush just had her wedding and chose to have it uh, at the ranch in Texas versus at the White House. Talk a little bit about, you know, in terms of history, um, you know, very few weddings took place at the White House, and what type of experience would that be?
3: I think you're right, though. Historically, there have been very, very few weddings at the White House. They are once every generation, generation and a half. Clearly a tremendously high profile. I mean, you see now in all the magazines that somebody has a kid and they get paid $14 million to put their picture of the kid on the paper. I can only imagine what the photos from a White House wedding would be worth. I'm sure they're not for sale, obviously, but the, the interest, the public interest, it's almost like a royal family. If you had a royal wedding, this would be second only to that.
1: Now, when you talk about the menu and, and we were talking about, you know, how, you know, personal taste and, and, and what you would like you know, just in your, your, your everyday life, you know, the foods that you enjoy and the foods that you eat, how does that play in when you're planning a wedding? Do you encourage that kind of thing? Because sometimes I think the tendency when planning a wedding is, you know, you choose a menu that's like so outrageous and so different
3: and odd. Is that always the best thing to do? No, I think you're right. There are three, to my knowledge, three different ways people do it. Sometimes they really go for ostentation to see who can do the most over the top, the most bizarre, the most way out there. Other folks say, well, let's just do something that pleases our guests and makes them happy, sort of a middle-of-the-road approach. But I think probably the best way, a wedding, there's few days that are more personal than an actual wedding. I really think that the bride, the groom, and the family should get together and decide, what is it? What are we trying to say? What This is our day. What do we really want to show as, as our personal style?
1: You know, it was very interesting in, in your, your keynote this morning, you were talking about your approach when you, when you came to the White House and, and you know, you, the interview process and we, you were talking to Mrs. Clinton about bringing that American home food as a cuisine, which was never really kind of thought of as cuisine, to the White House. Do you feel that you've had some influence in America? Because, I mean, so many people look to the to the presidents, to the first family, to kind of set the stage for certain things. So how much influence do you think you've had in American cuisine by bringing that to the White House?
3: Well, I think I came up in the same cohort in this 1979 through probably 1989 area when I came out of school and I was with a lot of other great chefs. And we as a group sort of moved this American cuisine from this, again, as you say, family style to a much more refined adult cuisine, if you will. I had the lucky opportunity to be able to do it in a spotlight when all all these other chefs were just doing it in their own kitchens. So whether I did it better or worse isn't really the point. I just got to do it at a little higher stage. Was it Teddy Roosevelt said the bully pulpit.
4: That's great.
1: That's great. Um... Anything that, um, you know, it, your life must change considerably when you get that position. Um, how has things, have things been for you since you've left the White House? What types of things do you do now?
3: Well, you know, being at the White House, you're right, it's very, very difficult on your personal life. We we joked in the the talk today that you get to work White House flex time, which means any 85 hours you want to work. And it is a lot like being in jail. You're surrounded by armed men and high fences and walls. Uh, But once you get out, really, you have a bunch of unique stories and really great experiences. And if you're able to sort of formulate those into how you can tell them to people that they identify with them. I think the greatest honor and the greatest pleasure of having worked at the White House is getting the opportunity to humanize and be humorous with two really wonderful, great first families and get people to take a peek at them, not as the politicians that you see every day, but as the people that they really are.
1: Well, Chef, thank you so much for sharing uh, this uh, with our listeners. I'm sure they'll enjoy hearing it. My pleasure. Thank you.
3: It was definitely a highlight
0: hearing his story. What a classy man. Yeah, and, and a regular regular guy. But, you know, he's a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. He heads his own company called The American Chef. He's a co-author of White House Chef, 11 years, two presidents, one, kish, one kitchen. And I have to tell you a couple of other things that I, I enjoyed learning during his presentation. And he was so engaging. I mean... Just his. It was such a personal storytelling experience, but he was talking about the Chelsea became a vegetarian, Chelsea Clinton, uh, or a vegan, and she learned to cook.
1: Right, and then he Walter was talking Scheib. about right how he he gave her and her roommate, I think, that she was going to move in with lessons. when she went to school, gave them a series of cooking lessons,
0: and then I think I don't know if someone asked it in the audience or. He just answered on his own. And the question was, what was the most unusual cuisine? Do you remember what he told us? Mm, Clinton loved reunions, Bill Clinton. Oh, right, I remember this. Story. And he had a middle school reunion. And Walter Scheib, Chef Walter Scheib, had to make twelve hundred fried bologna fried tra-la-las. Right. And it was it was <laughs> funny. It was funny. And he also Clinton loved junk food and he didn't sleep a lot. So the private kitchens always had, you know, some snack mixes Snacks. ready for him. Right. So
1: yeah, it was really cool. You know, I think it was this, nice to meet him, and, and we appreciate. Yeah, um,
0: and I think we're going to invite him to come back on own. the network and and talk about some other. Uh, yeah. You know, c- catering and menu ideas, right. um, having been in that arena, uh, you know. So from there, we went to um, I just so you know, I went to one of the, another seminar, it was a lifestyle seminar, they actually had a number of different, they had catering services and event management, food production and beverage management, lifestyle, and sales and marketing seminars, so you had to kind of pick and choose, we split up a little, and I went to one called to throw out the diet, not the food, and I met Sherry Graniter, who taught a lot about nutrition and food and boosting energy, and what really counts with losing weight, and just FYI, you like, I thought you liked her so much, I liked right. her so much that I invited her to be a guest on our wedding workout show, right, which was just, and we just released, released, just released it. So, so I, you know, I encourage out. you to go check it out because she is a health and wellness consultant and she has incredible enthusiasm and knowledge mm-hmm. in the area of diet and fitness yep. and nutrition. So, you know, you, she's also going to be back on the network and sharing a lot of other great Shows and topics um, to explore right. that you can learn about and um, and make changes in your health and diet mm-hmm. uh, regimen.
1: Right. Then we went. Then we uh, went to lunch. To lunch,
0: and that was really terrific. Also, I mean, the menu the was fantastic. Lunch, yeah. It was really cool because it was at this the Crystal Tea Room. Didn't we have to go through the Macy's building?
1: want Well it was the original, original Wanamaker. original Wanamakers, but now, now it's Macy's. Macy's So
0: we went upstairs and what an incredible space. Yeah.
1: Really beautiful.
0: So Very high we were ceilings, there. Ceilings,
1: columns, beautiful space.
0: So So yeah, Mindy Weiss. Mindy Weiss, who we've just recently had on the network. Right. You know, and just came out with a great book mm-hmm. which we just had a giveaway with, right? The wedding book.
1: Yeah. She was uh she was a guest speaker at the uh, at the wedding luncheon mm-hmm. and uh, we, and everybody you know, was, was very
0: to, uh, excited to yeah. see her yeah. and hear He's her right.
1: in action. As part of the luncheon, they had a uh, a tabletop competition, right? Is that what you, what you would call it? Yeah uh, tabletop design and uh, and the winner was announced during the luncheon. You, all the tables were on display as you made your way around. Well it was called fantasy,
0: room. right? Fantasy tabletop designers.
1: Mm-hmm. So we got to speak to the winner of the competition. Travis Lee Moore, Holly, you got to uh, to chat with him. So let's let's take a listen.
0: Well, I'm with the winner of the Fantasy Tabletop Designers, Travis Lee Moore. Hey, Travis. Hey, how are you? I'm terrific. How exciting! Congratulations. Thanks so much.
5: Great times. You know, we love doing what we do, and this was um, you know just another chapter
0: in that story. Well, Travis is the creative director of Function's Creative Events Services, and he designed a table called Citrus Supper Soiree. So tell all of our listeners about this scrumptious table. <laughs> well,
5: I, I'm a chef and interior designer, um, and my favorite thing in the world is marathon-long supper parties, and I've been able to parlay that into a great you know, a career, and I really, really love creating these sort of atmospheres and just making it not... Uh, where you feel like you're trapped at a table for four hours as opposed to it's a treat to be there for hours. You know, so I I really enjoy putting this much detail into a place setting and just giving you all kinds of things to look at, see, touch, feel. Well, let's tell everybody, because first of all, first I'm looking at a fabulous white square table, okay? Yes, covered in patent leather. So we started there. We kind of got away from the traditional, you know, hunk of linen over a collapsible piece of furniture.
0: I love it. So it's more of a modern, chic feel.
5: Exactly. I wanted this to be sort of like if you were throwing a really great dinner party in a loft somewhere in Manhattan.
0: Because if you take this table, you could do
5: anything on this table. You could do anything on this table. We do these in white and black with our partners from Party Rentals out, out of Manhattan. Right. Um, and I use these for parties all the time. I love them. can okay. could-
0: And now let's, okay, explore some of the other components and details because you have a lot. I mean, I love the glassware. Talk a little bit about that because you kept with the square theme in the middle, which I love, the three... Clear containers. Uh-huh. Talk about a lot of containers. Tell us all about that. A lot of
5: containers. I love the, the the container inserted in the other, so you get that juxtaposition of the two different waters.
0: There's a lot of asymmetric going on.
5: I I love it. Yeah, and um, I'm either very symmetrical or very asymmetrical. Okay. There's no, you know, you got to pick one and go go. And I, if you get, if you let me pick, it's going to be asymmetrical. Oh, that's
0: Let's... really cool because then our listeners, you can when you're designing party or hiring someone like Travis, you can. Do either or. There's no right or wrong, but here is a great way of being a
5: little off-center. There's no right or wrong, but I think it's everybody's first reaction is to throw that stage dead center as you walk in the door. Let's move it off to the side and shake up the room set. And then once you do that and then you move the dance floor off, it just creates all these different little cubbies to put dinner tables and do different things with the room. I love it. And it's just not expected.
0: But what I really love also is there's a little bit, I don't know, would you call that an Asian influence? What is this side plate? Because I, I that's very unique.
5: Things I've ever seen. I love having little pieces. When you come to sit at dinner, if this were an actual party, I'd love to see maybe some olives and some hummus and whatnot on this, so you have some toys when you sit down and you're sort of. So not your typical salad. I don't. Well, not a typical salad. Not just a bread and butter plate with a butter rosette and a hunk of baguette, which is fine. But you know, this I thought it was fun because you can do just different things.
0: So here. let's tell everyone this is because uh, uh, this is a really great rectangular white plate. So it's white on white. Sectioned off. Sectioned off. Made sushi and we took
5: all okay. the dishes that are insert here. But we took those away. We put down a little salt cellar. I think kosher salt is a great thing to have to cook with and to have on the table as well. Um, Just uh, a texture of this great little flatbread. It's sort of a lavash with sunflower seeds. It looks so good. It's it's pretty tasty. And then just a nice um, uh, Phalaenopsis orchid to take us back to the center of the table.
0: And what is that again? Tell us a little bit about the flowers on the table. Because, again, it is so simple but elegant but so contemporary.
5: I Uh, And this has been an evolution for us. We have been there and back as far as floral designs. Huge and overdone, very traditional. I'm from the South, so we do a lot of debutantes, and they want big, gargantuan things. This is my preference. Let's keep it down. I want to be able to see across the table. Even though this is a fantasy competition, I still think it needs to be realistic. What else inspired this table? The whole industrial chic. When they sent out the RFP, if, if that's what we're calling it, for this function, you had to choose either organic, um modern i can't remember all the categories and i assumed that everyone would want to do modern which would so i was going to do something else then when i hooked up with the committee chairs they're like please do modern no one's doing it I'm like, are you kidding? That's my favorite. And, and
0: look how simple. Let's tell everyone about this place card because this is not an expensive thing to do. Everyone, these would kind of, what kind of tags do we call these? These are
5: shipping tags. They come from you know Office Depot. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then just a very simple. This is a laser print. If it was a pushier party, I might have gone to the trouble to, to, to do something more expensive. But I
0: have to tell you, it's just like a simple business card piece of paper. It's refolded over exactly. and just using some great graphics. And
5: it just it nods back to that industrial chic thing. Just taking some office supplies. Works well for us. I use these a lot actually. It's when I send out bottles of champagne after my client's book. You get a tag and all this stuff. You know, it's just kind oh of that's fun. just so great. And you get a place card as well.
0: And then the other thing I have to say is this glassware, I love the white. I mean, you mix three, the a clear, suite glass, a absolutely. suite of glasses. Okay, absolutely. so tell us a little bit about that.
5: Uh, well, you've got your it's kind of traditional because you're moving through water, wine, and champagne and all that. But let's give them different glassware. Look at how different it looks on the table. And it's just not that standard mix of, I love Riedel, but it's not that just standard mix of beautiful crystal glassware. Let's mix it up. It's so, do you have to rent glasses like this? Um, some of this is rented. Some of this is purchased retail.
0: Okay, because I think what what I think is so fantastic is that this table can transform for four to 400.
5: Absolutely. That's the beauty of the long table trend. You can do a table for eight. You can do a table for 400. And that table can grow with your guest list or it can shrink up. I love it.
0: And is the pillows more for design or comfort or a combination of both? A little bit of
5: both. It's a great texture. Look how great that looks across there and ties the orange in with the gray and everything. But it also, I mean, how many uh, dinner parties do you sit at where you've sat and your little tooka skits sore from sitting in that chair forever? And is
0: this a comfortable chair? What kind of chair is this? These
5: are called uh, uh, Blini chairs. They're also from Party Rental, who I love. Uh, They're Blinis. They come in a couple of different colors. I chose the gray just because I thought it worked well with the white and the orange and the whole palette.
0: I got to tell you, I wish I was invited to this dinner party, and I'm glad I'm here with you today. thank you, you. The for and, the next one well thank you travis and i and i gotta tell you i hope all of our listeners i mean should definitely probably check out your website which we'll have a link to because i could i am totally inspired by this table i'm sure you have a lot of great ideas coming going forward
5: well i'd love to hear from him and i'm honored to get to chat with you
0: thank you thanks so much
3: there were
1: some really unbelievable designs but his was really really beautiful
0: there were only a few other things that uh, mindy talked about and she also offered some 2000 you know, up nine trends coming up. Right. And, uh, she talks about metallics and Navy, the accent of bling, which we've definitely seen mm-hmm. in, uh, on bridal gowns, yep. uh, low centerpieces. She definitely thinks simple and right. elegant, being able to talk, beautiful, to talk to across the delicious, a uh, simple vessels, vintage feels, not a lot of stuff on the tables. Uh, she said one of the a big trend was those late night snacks, the sliders and the grilled cheese sandwiches that evening. Was another event and another culinary extravaganza, right? Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, we went across the bridge,
1: right across the Ben Franklin Bridge, right to the New Jersey State Aquarium, right in Camden,
0: and that an an event was called the it was called the Jaws Jersey Adventure on the Wild Side, right, and that again. Well, first, let's Great just food. quickly tell everybody about the quick little... I mean, we really entertains everybody oh, on the bus yeah. because we Robert had, got to right. be the tour guide.
1: Right. Everyone boarded these buses from the hotel to go over a short ride into, into Camden. And I was recruited as a, uh, a bus monitor, I guess, to uh, relay uh, some important information during the ride over to the aquarium to the, to the passengers on the bus. And we had a little... A little fun with the people uh, on our bus uh, and other people so.
0: were pointing out the sites as we were going because they had been right. on some of them had taken some of the Philly Philly tours so they, mm, yeah they, so we had some help actually, some the from, landmarks from, from were, the tourists because we're, be fr- the we're from Bell, the area
1: we're right. from the Northeast so um, but it was, it was a great experience. So we got over to the, uh, to the aquarium, got off the buses. There was a barbershop quartet. They
0: were terrific.
1: Uh, it was right singing, on the water. actually acapella group. They weren't really a barbershop quartets, acapella group, true. right out on the, on the water. Uh, and again, there. it was a
0: private event closed off mm-hmm. only for, and of course, when you're at experience 2008,
1: that, uh, is put on by directors of catering, they, uh, They really outdo themselves. Well, there were butler hors d'oeuvres,
0: which, uh, I mean, wonderful display stations with vegetables and fruits and cheeses. There was an ice bar with Bloody Mary crab cocktail shooters, jumbo shrimp cocktail, oysters, crab claws. Uh, Then there were action stations, and there there were pastas and shrimps and, and short ribs and chicken and... And then there was an incredible dessert station, and then there was incredible music with a DJ, and then there was shock times and, and you walked and, around, and there Right,
1: was so it was, you know, as part of the space, you know, in the aquarium, uh, you know, you were right there amongst the exhibits.
0: I gotta say, uh, they were gigantic pieces of cake. They should have been tiny little bites, <laughs> because I tasted... There was a chocolate souffle, a lemon mousse gâteau... Yeah, I tasted everything. Hazelnut cream cake, peanut butter chocolate pyramid, and blue mini candy apples. I don't... Right. That's the only thing I don't think I tried.
1: And... It was it was really great, and and actually on the ride over on the bus, you got a chance to meet.
0: Well, uh, they have the foundation someone. of NACE, which is supports NACE's mission to provide industry education by providing resources to disseminate research and develop academic curricula, which enhance and improve knowledge. So, what's so cool about that? And Eric Ostrow actually is the president of that foundation, and at the luncheon, they announced. The winner, Winner,
1: scholarship winner,
0: right, and then we met her actually coincidentally on on our bus ride over. She was lucky
1: enough to be on our bus. And She was
0: with um, actually it was really great because if she's from the University of Houston, uh, yeah, Erin students were there. Esser. I think is how you pronounce her name. She's one of the instructors there in the College of Hotel and Restaurant Management. And I think she said it's number two in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's pretty impressive. And I think this is really incredible, the commitment NACE is making now to the young people of today.
1: Correct. And it all just goes back to, you know, they're not doing this for themselves. They're doing this to 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 create better experiences for people like you, our listeners, uh, that's really what it what it all comes down to. So, um, we're really proud to be to be a part of that. So we so, interviewed, Jenny. yeah, we grabbed her and uh, at the party at the party, and uh, we got a chance to speak to her.
0: I am with the winner of the foundation of Nace's college scholarship. Right, Jenny, tell us exactly what it is, Jenny, that you won.
6: Uh, it's the Vince DeFinis Scholarship. It's named after. a Cater, who's recently passed away. He was uh, the founder of the Philadelphia chapter, I believe, and very popular amongst the group. This is this the first
0: scholarship that they've ever given?
6: Yes, this is the first year that they're planning to do it annually.
0: Well, this is so great. And, and Jenny won a very big check, and I loved her acceptance speech. She said, the check is bigger than me, which is true. <laughs> She's very sweet Uh, presently going to to being a senior at the University of Houston, and she's in the, um, what program? Tell us a little bit about your your experience at University of Houston, the program you're in.
6: I'm about to be a senior at the Hilton College of Hotel and Restaurant Management. Uh, As you know, it's hotel and restaurant, but you can also have a focus in other areas, and my focus is in event planning. Why? Um, Why? Because I am so thrilled by the creative aspect and I kind of get a buzz from all the details and from a successful execution. Uh, I love organization and crises and improvising and I am a freak.
0: So you, have a, so you had a calling, and you're following your, your path and your journey and your, your dream, and we have a lot of experienced event planners that we work with, and you're at the, the beginning of your career. Um, you're going to finish school. Actually, you were telling us on our bus ride over here um, about that you're the, the president of the NACE at school. Tell us a little bit about that.
6: We have the first student chapter of NACE in Houston. We work very closely with the Houston chapter. Um... We have about 15 members right now. We're hoping to grow over the next few years and get even more involved. We attend the chapter meetings and we interact very closely with all of the members. So it's over 100 Houston members that we get to interact with. We attend the meetings and we try to develop our own educational programs as well. We actually just hosted the May Houston chapter meeting at our property. So we arranged. At the school? At the school. Uh, The school is actually half hotel. We have a fully functioning hotel um, as part of the Hilton College.
0: You know, I think that what NACE is doing for the youth of today is fabulous, and I think that brides-to-be will be in very good and capable hands. One last question. What is uh, your best advice to, to the young people out there that want to follow this career path?
6: My best advice is get involved as soon as you can. I see people who have the same calling and just develop it even a year, two years later and I cannot even explain the opportunities I was presented with those first few years because they were so impressed that I had the passion, had the calling right away and immediately they put me in to a position where I could gain experience and gain contacts. And
0: So networking is key. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much and congratulations what an exciting exciting scholarship and award
6: Thank you I'm quite fr- quite thrilled
1: as we said before again being at an event like this allows us to to see people that we we haven't seen in a while, and and see people because it's the that social part. This
0: is definitely the social part of these sure these parties.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and and being able to you know sit down and and face to face, and as we mentioned earlier, Tracy Kuma Moore from your Las Vegas wedding concierge in Las Vegas. Not only she's become a, a good friend of ours, but you know she's one of these event planners that carries with her this. This energy, this this drive, this love for planning events that and commitment to excellence—yeah, just kind of. She's just in this groove, and she was actually there at NACE as part of a scholarship that she won through NACE because of her involvement in what she does. Um, and I had the distinct pleasure of not only sitting down and and talking with her uh, for a lot of the time that we were there, but. You know, to see her face to face, you know, and meet her and give her a hug uh, uh, was really special. And, and
0: and as an attendee to see, you,
1: you know, know, as to why you know why she's there to pick her brain, uh, to learn, to get some insight as to you know really why uh, people like her are there. So um, here's my my chat with Tracy.
7: I think if you, the day that you say that you've learned enough is the day to stop is just to get out of the business because I've learned from people who've been in this business a lot longer than I have have said that to me and I think that goes true of any industry where you know other that is a professional industry that you know the day you feel that you've learned it all is the day to you know to get out Um, there's so much you know things trends are always changing Um, styles everything And, and I come here to get inspired and to learn new things and to learn how to do it better and take that back to my clients. And I come here to do that for them so that I can help them do it better.
1: Now, you're talking about your clients. When you meet with a client and you you know, obviously, you come back from an event like this. You're totally pumped up. Yeah, you know, know. You're it smells sharing. It's
7: smelling really good. Yeah, I know. It smells great.
1: <laughs> um, how do they, like, what kind of response do you get from clients when you talk about the fact that you are so involved in the industry in both a local level and national level? How do they react to those types of things?
7: Well, they actually love it because they know that... You know, I'm I'm out there learning new things, and you know they want to work with someone that is current because you know they want something new and they want something interesting, and you know it's like going to a you know a, a dentist or or something someone like that. You know, you want them to know that they're staying up on things and that they're trying to better themselves. And why would you want to go to someone that wasn't wanting to better themselves? So they always get excited. You know, I always put on my emails that I'm attending a conference. And I actually just talked to my client that um, for August 23rd. And I said, I'm at the Maze conference. And I said, I just learned something really cool from Mindy Weiss. And I said, you know, she's using uh, low centerpieces. And she was really concerned about the low centerpieces. I said, Stacy, guess what? Mindy thinks low centerpieces are really cool. She's like, really? I said, yeah, really. So I said, there you go. You have it from the art one of the arbiters of style, that you're on the right track. She was like, yay! So, yeah, I mean, they like that.
2: That's great.
1: And you were bestowed a very nice honor by NACE. I was. T- talk about that.
7: Uh, I wish I would have dressed a little bit better in the morning. I was up really much too, a little bit too late. on am having a good time with all my fellow uh, compadres here. Um, I was named to the NACE National Presidents List. Uh, for my contributions uh, to NACE uh, uh, through my chapter, and I guess just being, you know, out there and, and you know trying to get involved with the industry. And I'm actually the chapter, my chapter uh, from Las Vegas, uh, the historian and the newsletter chair. And it was, um, I guess, I was nominated by our chapter president, and I was just sitting in the back listening, and all of a sudden I heard my name, and I was like, oh, that's me, so it was very exciting, it was a great honor, and I know that they expect great things from me um, in the future, and I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, NACE has given me a lot, it's really, um, it's been a big part of my professional life, and, and moving it forward, and it's been a big part of my personal life, and people that I've met um, through NACE, I've, I've become very, very good friends with. And we're, you know, I think nationally and locally, we're a great support team. And I, I don't think I could do my job as well as I do it without, you know, this, this organization. So,
1: Well, the award is uh, very well deserved. And we're, we're very proud of you.
0: Thank, you. Thank you. I think Tracy knows everybody.
1: She does. She was brought up. People mentioned her in, like, every presentation <laughs> that I was in. They, they used her as an example.
0: Yeah. So yeah. And she just, has a great blog and we're gonna definitely link to it in the show yeah, we'll notes have all the so links you gotta check, check it out. And then we spoke with Cheryl Bracco mm-hmm. of the Glazer Group. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, based here actually in the New York area. New York City area.
1: Yeah, they have a, a whole bunch of restaurants.
0: And I know Eric Castro is also with the Glazier Group. Um, they, they work and uh, let's Cheryl, let's hear what Cheryl has to say. I'm with Cheryl kahn Rocco of the Glazier Group. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Tell us all the properties that are part of the Glazier Group. Um,
8: We own catering facilities, the uh, 24th Fifth, which is 5th Avenue and 9th Street, Bridgewater's at the South Street Seaport. We also have catering in Livingston, New Jersey at the Westminster Hotel. And we own restaurants, Michael Jordan's, the Steakhouse in New York, we own the strip house uh, restaurants and we also have the monkey bar
0: we really have recognized that brides and, and grooms today are have become more sophisticated have more sophisticated palates they have they love their food so when they're coming to you that, that appreciation of food is definitely uh, you can observe that right away when you're talking to a couple Tell us a little bit about that couple and what they want to do with their wedding today
8: um, I think the Food Network has opened the eyes of the general public as well as the bride and groom. They are now understanding food, requesting more things. Um, I also think that the bride today is a little bit older than she was you know, 15 years ago. So that, coupled with the Food Network, has given them some edge. Um, they like their food. They like to dine. They like nice restaurants. They love fabulous service. But they also are getting married. So the only way to incorporate a little bit of both into their worlds um, for me what i've designed is things like a great dinner party so i've done three four and five course dinners on small plates with wines paired and tasting so they can actually have this 150 people in this very elegant, dynamic, dinner party, beautiful table settings. But once that's all over, you need the party. So then they move on to another area where they have a fabulous band and a DJ, rent lots of furniture, do a great nightclub setting. And rather than going back to that cake and dessert, We pass around little ice cream sandwiches. We pass around milkshakes and chocolate chip cookies fresh out of the oven. Um, All kinds of homemade sweets, and we call them our butlered sweets. So people are dancing on the dance floor, and they can pop in an ice cream sandwich, or they get an ice cream cone, they get little baba rum cakes, and they just party. So they have this great dinner party, which shows their their sophisticated, their knowledge of food and wine, but yet they still can let loose and go wild and have... Traditional desserts and cordials and cappuccino espresso and great music and dancing.
0: Now, do you think that it's one big cocktail party is a great idea instead of a sit-down?
8: Well, it is a nice idea, but as I tell people, you think it's a great idea, but Grandma doesn't. Where's Grandma's seat? Where's Grandma's seating card? It is your wedding, and they get a little bit confused. So if you are going to do this great hot cocktail party, either know your crowd or spread the word that there is no formal seat at dinner. Everyone, you're going to walk in. It's going to be a great, fabulous party for four hours. There's no cocktail hour and dinner. It's just a party. It's very deceiving for people, and it's a, it's a, it's a missile ready to, to just launch. People don't get it.
0: Oh, so you got to keep the other generations in mind, and and just the, the 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 demographic. Like you have to know who are your guests.
8: You have to know your crowd and spread the word in order for it to be effective. I tell people their invitation must read cocktail reception immediately following dinner and dancing not on the menu not on the um, invitation because people walk in and they're completely miffed they want their seat they put their pocketbook down it's never enough food because they're looking for their meal
0: well they're also so programmed from going to such cookie cutter weddings which i know the glazier group doesn't do what are some of the fun um, uh, past butlered um, foods that you've been offering during you know, a cocktail hour or any event
8: Oh, we make, um, I think a lot of things are back to American and old-fashioned, and we do little crocks of macaroni and cheese. Mm. And they're they're baked and crispy on top with little spoons, and they get passed around, so you have almost like your own movable dinner. Um, we do great things with pizzas that are your own little individual pizza on a plate with um, wild mushrooms and Taleggio cheese. Um, what are some of the other fun pass plates? We do tuna on a um ratatouille underneath it and there's like two slices of seared tuna. So it's almost like a small entree moving around the dining room so people are getting to sample a lot of different items during their party.
0: I think that's the way to go and it could become so much more special and memorable.
8: It is and it also gives people an opportunity to sample a lot of different foods and For me, as a caterer, education and teaching them about food and walking out of any Glacier Group property knowing they have fabulous food, great service, and they just had something they love that they've never tasted before and also given them an experience.
0: Yeah, well, anybody who's looking into a city wedding, Jeff and Leah, give Cheryl a call. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great night. I am hungry. Me too. The one thing is, you know, whether it be food, whether it be gauging your crowd, whether it be knowing the venue that you choose and and, and how it's all going to flow, it all matters. You want to be in good hands. I definitely can imagine at the Glacier Group they're going to create a a one of a kind party. Uh, You know, I was thinking that, you know, one person we didn't unfortunately get to interview while we were there is Daniel Briones. But he's not a stranger to Wedding Podcast Network because in our getting married, in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, right? Spe- it was a special edition. Meet the Masters. We—he is the um, reason I bring up Dan Briones is because he's the NACE National President, right?
1: And he's also—he's um. He's also E4 the Seasons. director
0: of catering at Four Seasons Hotel Philadelphia. Right. And we had the distinct pleasure of meeting him uh, when and interviewing we, him, and re- and interviewing him. And I will we'll include a link to that to that show, interviewing that right. show, because mm-hmm. obviously it's also all about Philadelphia. And there was some great great ideas.
1: Yeah, Philadelphia is definitely one of our favorite well, cities it's
0: known as the city of brotherly love. And one of my right. favorite thing is the love signs. What a great photo op right. for anybody that wants to get married in that town. And
1: they also have on that same plaza is uh, the giant monopoly tokens.
0: The whole, the, the, that whole it's, plaza. It's fantastic statue, but it's, it's, but the whole, it's a great there destination. so many great photo ops, but we, we shared a lot of great information and resources in that episode and I think yeah. it, it's timely to talk about it only because you know we were in Philadelphia right. and it's um, our show. For the, um, <laughs> for the show. So but then <laughs> so we met and then we also I met I just want to talk another shout out because this was kind of fun. I'm talking to I was you were about to record with our next um guests on the show and while I was like chit-chatting with some of the people at one of the tables eating this delicious pasta um, I came across, I'm talking to this really nice guy, Bruce Vassar, and he's with the Twin City Bridal Association in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And he's also one of the wedding guys, um, which I'm going to have a link to his site. The wedding guys? Well, he's. it's the wedding guys. Matthew wow. Treadle and Bruce Fasser are internationally recognized as the wedding guys. They have a great website. They have a great business designing and producing bridal runway fashion shows internationally. They stage the wedding fair, which is a shopping destination, a wedding shopping destination. They publish a 400-page wedding planner. They're regularly featured in magazines, television, radio. I'm talking about them now. (laughs) They answer questions from around the world at Mm TwinCityBridal.com. They're a dynamic duo. But I met Bruce, one of the wedding guys, and then I have to tell you,
1: How'd you get on the subject of who he knew?
0: No, I introduced who I was. Oh. And he said, You know Henry Roth and he's one of his really good friends and he starts calling him on his cell phone which obviously the time was totally the you know he's right. in henry's in australia and this is like a really good friend of henry's and i'm like cracking up because i said <laughs> what a small world i was just talking about our business i was learning a little bit more about his business right. and then i've checked out his site and it's really cool and, and there you go and it's yeah, look you know wedding, look guys. weddings here it is weddings in minnesota weddings in las vegas weddings
1: weddings in minnesota in Philadelphia. Are colder. Then wedding. You know, two of our favorite people are from
0: places. Minnesota. That's very true. Okay. I'm gonna say hi to Carol and Anna, authors of What Happy Couples Do. And that again, we're gonna link to that show too. <laughs> right. Because that was an incredible love cast with two interview. extraordinary communication scholars. Yes. So moving on, we met some old friends who aren't oh. old.
1: Right, not old in age, <laughs> but, chronologically, but, but, but old, old, old friends, friends of ours. And I,
0: Robert's seen them more recently than I have, but you still haven't seen them in a long time. Also from Las Vegas, also who know Tracy.
1: Right, right, and I, very uh, and well. I know, I know this couple from way back in the video days. Um, I, I met them probably in the mid 90s. Not only that,
0: think. she was quoted
1: in the on Nace brochure.
0: the Yeah, the NACE brochure saying, I owe a great deal of my success to being a NACE member. And this person is Jody Harris, CEO of Fun Sight and Sound Events in Las Vegas, Nevada.
1: Right, with her husband, Pat.
0: Who is a yeah, well professional they do, DJ, They right? do DJ,
1: they do video, they do lighting. Also. And I caught up with them as... Um, talented I, professionals. We, yeah, and, and we chatted And a just special
0: husband-wife team. Yeah, we like
1: that too. Okay, for me, part of the enjoyment of coming to these types of events like NACE is that... I get to see friends, people that I've known for a long time, that I've I've come in contact with over the years. And unfortunately, because of geography, you don't get to, to see all that often. And now is one of those moments, as I stand here with Jody and Pat Harris, two old buddies of mine from Las Vegas that I've known for many, many years. And we were just standing here at this this party tonight at the, the aquarium in New Jersey and just chatting about the business. And we were, we were just talking before we went on. About how you know you do entertainment, you do video, you do lighting, and I think a lot of what we're seeing, and, and you know, you guys have been in the business a long time as I have, is that you now we're seeing some things where couples think they can do a lot of this on their own. Oh yeah. And you know, let's face it. You know, it may look easy but it's not. Now, a lot of what we hear, you know, is, you know, brides want to do an iPod wedding. They want to load a bunch of songs on their iPod, they want to plug it into a PA system and press play. What are some of the things that can go wrong with taking that approach?
4: Well, first off, nobody can pre-program a wedding and know that it's going to work. All you can do is put music in an iPod that you like, and a lot of times we put music in the iPod we like to listen to. That doesn't mean that that's going to get people to dance. And then, when do you play it? And on an iPod, you put together a playlist and you're just going to start randomly putting songs in or figure that this is going to work. You know, that is uh, so little of what we actually do in entertaining. The music, believe it or not, is 10% of a DJ's job. 90% of the job is actually knowing when to play it, when to make the announcement, how to make the announcement, how to make sure everything organizes. Because really, a DJ is not a jukebox. If that's the case, that anybody could load up an iPod and every wedding would be successful, it's not the case. You're actually an event planner. You're there to make sure everything goes smoothly, because everything starts and ends with your MC.
9: And I'll take it one step further. You are the uh, director. You are a director. When you're a disc jockey entertainer with a lot of experience, you are directing the flow of the wedding reception. So, in addition that you're playing music and getting people up to dance, The iPod can't direct the wedding. You need a physical body to find mom and dad and tell them where to stand and tell the best man how to hold the microphone so everybody can hear him for the toast. So that's very, very important. Director, directing the flow of the event. And
4: and music is a very in-the-moment thing. You, You can't just put a song on a list and expect it to work, you know, Number 13 to work after number 12. You have to really adjust to what's happening on the dance floor and the energy levels that you're creating and how people are responding. When things don't work, you have to readjust. It's a constant readjustment. After 20, almost 25 years of doing this, if we go out and I have to do an event, if I have to play the music, I, I couldn't tell you what's going to work. I could not tell you what's going to work till, well, right about the time I play it. And then you judge by, well, was that successful? No, okay, I need to adjust to this. Or I need to go a little older, or a little newer. Or I need to slow it down at this point because they're getting tired. Or I need to, it's constantly adjusting to what's happening and adjusting to the flow of the crowd and the energy level. And a lot of that also comes from how the MC is controlling the crowd. You know, which is goes way beyond the music. It goes even down to the inflection of your voice and how you make the announcements. So, it's just, you simply can't pre-program that. Now, you know, you mentioned a list. When you're working with a couple,
1: you know, the, the, the tendency, I think, is they want to give you a list. Now, would you prefer a list of things that couples want to hear or that couples don't want to hear?
9: Don't want to hear don't want to hear because I want to make sure when I'm DJing in events, if there's something that reminds you of an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend, or in some cases you've been married before, we don't want to play that Shania Twain, You're Still the One song, if that was the song that you danced to at your first wedding. So it's very, very important to give the DJ a do not playlist. Trust me, we all don't like chicken dancing and Macarena-ing either, but you know that's something that a good DJ would go over with you in your design session, and that seems to be what's happening. A lot of the the good entertainers are talking to their brides 7 to 10 days before their wedding and going over this. I know we do this religiously with our entire staff. I'll tell them, give me 10 songs that you absolutely, positively have to have played at your wedding. And then tell me as many don't play songs as humanly possible because I want to make sure that I'm on the right track with them.
1: That's really great advice, you know, and, and it all comes down to, and we know this, we've talked about it for years, communication is the key. As wedding professionals, we're not mind readers. You know, if there's something you want to hear or don't want to hear, you have to really vocalize that.
4: Absolutely. Like I said, you just have to adjust to it as it goes, because... We really want to read the crowd. We want an idea of what the client wants, but we have to fit it for the moment. So if we know, if you put down a bunch of songs that you like, and we see that Beastie Boys just might work here, great. But you know what? If it's not a Beastie Boys crowd, let's not force the fit and kill the floor and kill the energy and kill the party, because that can do that. You can drive people away by playing the wrong music, and then the whole evening is a failure, so that the tens of thousands of dollars that you spent that day are for not because the whole night is a failure because you wanted to save a few bucks and just right. plugging an iPod in so it's really um, uh, foolish to try and save those few extra dollars you know penny wise and dollar foolish right. I think is the term uh, to save that in such an integral part of the night because your entertainment makes or breaks the evening right. you know if the entertainment's bad everything else that you've done you know is, it, it just won't it won't matter at that point because everybody's going to have a bad time and they'll remember that They remember if they had a bad time. They won't remember the flowers. They won't remember the color of the table. They might remember what they ate, maybe. Uh, But you go to enough weddings, you forget. You'll remember if you had a good time. So you really don't want to mess that up.
1: Really great advice. Jody. Pat, thanks so much for sharing.
9: Thank you, guys. Thank you.
1: Good talking to you.
4: We definitely
0: believe you should use professional entertainment. Uh, We met a really great guy Dr. Drax. He's the president of the American Disc Jockey Association. That's ADJA.org, which we'll have a link on our site also. You know, we were talking him for a while. I went to his website, and I saw something that also Pat had said, you know, when we interviewed him, that, you know, we need to know the truth about iPod Weddings. And there is a really great video on the ADJA site. And also... That,
1: and we're big fans of iPods. Don't get us wrong. We love the iPod. Well. <laughs> but there's a time and a place, and, and I just don't think that. Well, you
0: also should that, know uh, what could go wrong. And right. there's more that could go wrong than not. And not only that, but you also, you don't want to hope for a good DJ. Like, anything in any wedding, you only get one chance, really, to get it right. You don't get second chances And, for and listen, events.
1: you know, I've been, myself, to thousands of weddings. No two are exactly the same. You cannot predict anything when it comes to a wedding. It's a living, breathing entity. Entertainment is one of those but five mu- key Entertainment components. Entertainment
0: and music drives a party. Yeah, I mean, most people, you know, when you're budgeting, I mean, music is 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 a key key element and detail oh, of a party. And I think just as if we're telling everybody here if, to see if 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 the, the professionals you're working with belong to NACE, right? I think you should definitely see if your disc jockey is part of the ADJA. I think it makes a difference. Again, that the, the, the professionals that want
1: right they want to you know keep up on their craft it's it's very important that you you go with wedding professionals Mm -hmm. that are definitely
0: uh, check out their website and you'll learn a lot more about the adja i want to give a few more shout outs to some other of your video friends go ahead right yeah because first of all a lot of a few of them are from the philadelphia area right right Mm -hmm. so steve wernick right Right. who is the old
1: friend and president
0: of the forever group correct he was there, and he was just mostly helping um to like well, change he, sets and right and
1: he's well he's very active in Philadelphia's chapter of nice right so that's why he was there so it's great to niece. see him so he helped um a lot of the 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 people from uh, the local chapter were there to help
0: then so we met
1: Tim Soudal. Tim Soudal was there and
0: he won an award
1: Tim won an award he was picked I don't know exactly but he was picked as as a representative as uh, I believe like a, there was a some vendor sort of representative was going on because Tim is a videographer so I think he's kind of lit, and he put together
0: a number of the videos he did a number
1: of the videos which were excellent
0: out to, oh because uh, there was song. that rocky theme yeah he,
1: they, he did a welcome one and he did uh, some other spotlights because uh, especially videos.
0: being the 50th anniversary they had yeah, a so, number of pres- yeah. and Tim's you know, video presentations
1: good old friend
0: nice just, um, nice guy yeah. Karen Pecora Right. Okay. Now, what was funny? We were just coming from another conference.
1: Right. The Nurk conference, not to be confused with the NAS conference. Very active in,
0: and then she also she she helped out so much because, again, being from the Pens, from Pennsylvania, she was very involved with this event. She's the one who actually got you to be the tour guide, and then she also did. On the next day, the Manny Young bike race AM break, which I got to tell you, there was not only breakfasts, which we missed the first one, which I was really bummed about. Well,
1: because we didn't realize it was going to be this We didn't realize it was going to be so many breakfast. fantastic
0: menus. But the one she did, I have to tell you I love. It. it was biker's fuel banana bread protein shake, endurance trail mix, coffee and teas, stirring soft drinks, and Fiji bottled water was throughout most of these refreshment and breaks. Yeah, I had a lot and of Fiji breaks. water. Yeah, it was very good, actually. I I thought it was very delicious, you know, and I'm, I'm, I really. And
1: I don't usually drink things in square bottles.
0: (laughs) I think that's very smart packaging. But you know what happened? During her break the next day, we, it was also the start of the marketplace. Right. So that
1: was breakfast you're talking about or lunch? Because the lunch was the the Jersey Shore.
0: Right. Which that was another, I have to, it was called down the shore lunch. Right. Oh my God. Jersey crab cake sandwiches, boardwalk French fries, Saltwater taffy, soft pretzels and mustard, kosher hot dogs, Wildwood, which is one of the boardwalk areas down at the shore, funnel cakes, Alex's lemonade stand, which is uh, actually make okay. a donation for mm-hmm. children cancer research, Italian water ices, scoops desserts, again the stirrings and the Fiji bottled water. I actually stopped by when the marketplace started because that was during breakfast, some setup and lunch. I stu- I you know, I said, okay, forget the banana protein drink, even though I thought it was really good. (laughs) And then I decided to go to the stirrings. It was so delicious because then did we have the cucumber water that was in between. I don't know whose that was, but it was in the table's. You know, in between that some was of the vendors, very interesting. but stirrings was so delicious, and I've actually seen it in some of our local liquor stores with mm-hmm. some great mixers. And I have to say, there is some. I'm, we're going to definitely list their site too because they have some great special event and wedding cocktail tips. And it says, "What's the best part of planning a wedding or special event? Developing the cocktail menu, of course." Ta-da. And they have it around themes and celebrating with champagne, and you know, think outside of the glass and garnishes, and you know, it's no, it was. I get it. it <laughs> It is really great. But that was, Stirrings was one of the great, um was one of the vendors there in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And then across the way was Godiva, which I have to tell you, at the wedding luncheon with Minzy Weiss the, the day before was Godiva. There were some couture favors inside. I didn't even know they were going to be different. But that night. they didn't night, make it back to the hotel, I don't think. No, it did. It, it did? made it back. You ate it that night? It made it back. And let me tell you. I, I, I savored every single morsel, every single bite. I let it melt in my mouth. It was milk chocolate, which I was thrilled. I didn't know the other one was white chocolate. And then it was filled with a ganache. It was oh, so, so beautiful.
2: Stop.
0: Right. Doesn't Sylvia Weinstock, right, does yeah, her Sylvia wedding cake, cake. favors? Yeah. And then they do, I, I got to tell you, I think the Godiva line of wedding favors is second to none. I mean, yes. there were other options, but I definitely think that that is a Tronclet real, is good. delicious, delicious Tronclet one. Is so good. the next day, we also went. I just want to talk a little bit about that. The next keynote, mm-hmm. which um, the moderator was Brian Friedman, food and wine writer, right? And um, he did culinary. Experience. It was like. Uh, um, it was called Iron Chef.
1: It was like Iron Chef. And and here's like. It's called Culinary
0: Experience. And it was a demonstration event. It was fun. It was educational. Five chefs, right? What? Five chefs. Yeah, the featured chefs were Rich Landau of Horizon, Michelle Mitchell of Hotel DuPont, Guillermo Pernod, Mitch Prensky of Global Dish Caterers and Supper Restaurant, Andy Snow of Festivities, Events, and Cuba Libre Restaurant. The Cuba Libre Latin chef did a ceviche that was so unbelievable, and he garnished it with lychees, and there was caviar, and he made it all fun for the guests. But what was really incredible was the presentation by IceCaters.com, and I'm going to put a link to them because they they do the spectacular creations on ice, and the whole ceviche presentation was done on this An table ice, of ice. Oh wait, in ice bowls and everything. Right. It was everything ice. But the first thing we saw was called molecular gastronomy. You're right. And you want that me to was explain that. Go ahead. Okay.
1: What they did was he showed like these these techniques of, of doing these things using chemicals essentially. And uh, the chef and what he did was he made he took fresh mozzarella and he cut fairly small pieces and and warmed it in some warm water and after it became pliable I guess he kept it in there for a few minutes what he did was he took a uh, whipped cream canister, the kind that you you put the uh, the cartridge in uh, the restaurant style uh, Some, so you put the cartridge in and what he did was he held the whipped cream canister upright so he didn't point it down as if you were dispensing whipped cream he pointed it upright and then he took the softened fresh mozzarella and put it onto the nozzle like it were a piece of bubble gum and then slowly let the gas out and inflated the fresh mozzarella into a a balloon I guess you would call it. It It looked like a piece of chewing gum that you would blow a bubble in and take it out of your mouth and he put it on a plate with a tomato salad and it was served. He showed how you would serve it. So you'd serve it it's a regular tomato salad and fresh basil and, and, and balsamic vinegar and then here's this balloon of fresh mozzarella that you just pierce and boom, it deflates and just covers the tomato and fresh basil and it was one of the coolest presentations I've ever seen by and, far.
0: And it was all about artistic freedom. It was about Food and restaurant savvy. It was science serving art.
1: Right, and then he it was the, unexpected, wait, cool. Me, right, and right, me, right. Let me talk about the other thing quickly. Um, this he made these uh, pearls
0: of cilantro.
1: Of right, he created a cilantro oil, and because of the 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 two of the ingredients was when you drop this oil from a syringe or a dropper, like an eyedropper, into this solution, it formed a little pearl, almost like uh, caviar. And he was using it as a garnish, so when you put it in your mouth, it would pop, and you would get this flavor of the the basil oil uh, in your mouth. And he was creating all of these little beads, these little pearls, uh, as a garnish. And it was just such a cool process. Uh, And this was all done on stage in front of uh, a live audience. and um,
0: But you know what the whole thing is, is that I think as a bride and groom and wedding professional, you really want to see fascinating presentations. Mm-hmm. And if you're really a foodie, right, it, it, it matters. Your chef can create things like this that is going to have such incredible wow factor, don't you think?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is what
0: you want people to be talking about. If you want unique, I mean, it's not even necessarily, wedding. I mean, I bet you the food tastes amazing. And it was so cool because this Brian Friedman was such an incredible moderator. And I mean, there was one mojito that was out of this world with cotton candy, right? Oh, that was another thing, a, a, a pairing with a Yucatan cocktail, a gazpacho. And, oh, I got the ingredients and the microgreens. You got to stop. stop. But there was also, there was a lot of intensified flavors. But I think the biggest message here was fun. It was all about fun.
1: Food was great. And I want to thank everyone at NACE for having us in and really sharing. And thank Andy Ebon. Andy Ebon's a really fabulous wedding marketing guy. And we got a chance to be in on his presentation and meet him in person. Another uh, another one that uh, we've been corresponding and talking with long distance. But we really had a great experience uh, with everyone at NACE and and uh, always very uh, feels very good to be around people who are soaking up education in order to better themselves and ultimately to help brides and grooms have uh, more successful Weddings, and, uh, and that is very important to us here at Wedding Podcast Network. And that's why we felt it important that we, uh, we give you a look inside of what your wedding professionals are, are doing to, to better themselves. If anyone has any questions at all for us, we'd love to hear from you. If you have comments, uh, you can email us. Our email address is feedback at the WPN.com. That's feedback at T-H-E-W-P-N.com. Or you can always call our listener hotline, which is 800-882-1259, and you can leave us a voicemail right there and uh, let us know what you think. Um, But again, thank you to everyone at NACE. Uh, For having us Happy 50th
0: anniversary. Happy
1: 50th anniversary. May you have 50 more. And we're really happy that there's going to be a NACE chapter right in the New York area. And we hope to be an active part of that. And I bet your Experience
0: 2009 is even going to be bigger and better.
1: Perfect. You've been listening to Special Edition Meet the Masters, celebrating NACE and their 50th anniversary. I'm Robert Allen.
0: I'm Holly Ehrlich.
1: Thanks for listening.